Amen. Well, who's ready for God's word? Who brought their Bible to church today? If you brought your Bible, open it up to the book of Luke chapter 15. I'm going to read probably one of the most famous stories in the Bible. If you haven't heard it today, you get to hear it for the first time. And if you have heard it today, you get to hear it again. Surprise. It is the, uh, the parable of the lost son. We're going to go to Luke 15. We're going to start in verse 11. Uh, we're going to read a pretty lengthy portion of scripture. Um, so bear with me. Don't, don't check out on me. We're going to read through. We're going to have some fun. It's going to all be great. Amen. Amen. Luke 15, starting in verse 11, all the way through 31. It says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine, say famine, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and a man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. No one gave him anything. Pause. I'm going to take a drink of water. I've been parched. Verse 17, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. It's so dramatic. Here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him, and he said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. This is the second time he said that. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Verse 25, we're almost there. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he said to one of the servants, what is going on? And that servant replied, your brother is back. And the father has killed the fattened calf. They are about to eat the most delicious ribeye you could possibly find. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry, 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 say angry. And he would not go into the house. So the father came out and he begged him. But he replied, all these years I have slaved for you. And never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never even gave me one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet, when this son of yours comes back, can you imagine the attitude? When this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes. Yes, the older son went there and is in your Bible. You celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. That's a beautiful story. I want to preach a message today titled Gathered Around Grace. Gathered Around Grace. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you for your grace and we thank you for your mercy and for what you're going to do in these next few moments. Would you soften even the hardest of hearts? Would you reach the lost 
That is why we do what we do. That is why we preach this gospel. As we study it in these next few moments, would you reveal things in the scripture that you've never revealed before to people and that ultimately they would see you and shameless plug that the Lakers would beat the Clippers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's a prophetic word. That's a prophetic word. I just want to jump right into the message today and uh, preface a couple things really quick. The father in this story represents God. The son represents humanity. Um, So to understand that preface, you can kind of think how this could apply to me and to you. And then the story starts out with a really crazy request. The younger son goes to the father and he says, hey, I want your money. I want my portion. Uh, Basically, in this day, age, and time, that would have meant that the son basically said, you're dead to me. I want nothing to do with you. I just want your money. I want what's my inheritance so I can go do what I need to do. I've come to tell somebody today, don't sell your portion for profit. Um, Do not squander the very thing that God has given you because he has blessings that are stored up for you. He has blessings here on earth and blessings here in heaven, but the reality comes down to how are we going to steward those blessings. So don't sell your portion for profit. The son does something pretty crazy. He receives his portion. He takes it out and then he sells his part of the estate for monetary value. I've just come to tell somebody today, anytime that I have ever cashed out in life for anything that I have wanted prematurely, I've always paid a cost. I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you. Anytime I've ever cashed anything out, I have paid a cost. That's why they say you should not touch your 401k. Why? Because if you touch it, they're going to take your money away, like 30 plus percent of your money away. That's a cost. There's some penalties. <laughs> Preach from the front row. So here is this son. He is in this moment right here, right now, where he has requested his inheritance. He's gone. He has sold it for monetary value. And the Bible says that he goes off and recklessly spends it. But nobody ever talks about the famine. We only ever talk about the reckless spending, the prodigal living, X, Y, Z. This is what he did. He asked his father for the money. But if we look at the audience, the people Jesus is talking to, which would be the Pharisees, the tax collector, and the disciples, you would probably sit there and go, these guys knew that this dude was going to sin. They're like, yeah, I've heard this before, Jesus. Yeah, he's a bad guy. He's got the money. I know what happens next. He's going to go gamble it all away. Yep, oh, I knew that's what he did. And then Jesus drops a bomb. And he goes, then he was starving and there was a famine. (gasps) I can imagine all their eyes getting really big like a famine. I know what a famine is. We might not know what a famine is. We live in um, the United States of America. in and out is a mile away. It is the best cheeseburger ever. That was for Keith. (laughs) Don't at mention me. We don't know what a famine is, so let me define famine for you. Can you throw that up on the screen for me? Famine is an extreme scarcity of food. An extreme scarcity of food. And this is where the sun's at. He is in the middle of a famine. It has led him to famine. See, sin always starts small. It's always a tap on the shoulder. Hey, buddy, you should do that. Should I? Yeah, you should. Okay, I'm going to go do it. I want to keep you out of famine. I don't want you to go there. I don't want you in the pit. So I'm going to give you four points before my main points because I'm a preacher and we have a lot of points. So if you're taking notes, watch this. Point number one, stay in God's house. They're not going to put these on the screen for the sake of, I was only supposed to have three points, not four extras. Stay in God's house. Pastor Jabin always says, what did he say? Proximity matters. You got to be playing in the house of God. You have to be in fellowship with people. Point number two, join a small group. 
Oh, boy. Here he goes. Point number three, do next steps. Oh, oh, he's really there now. I got one better for you. Point number four, join a serve team. Oh, well, Jay, that sounds like a shameless plug. It is because I have no shame telling you exactly what it is that you need that will help you succeed. I have zero shame. You should join a small group because you need community and accountability. You should be planning in God's house so you can meet people who are in that small group of yours. And then third, you should do next steps so you can identify the gift that God has given you. And in return, you can begin to serve the people who are holding you accountable. This is why you do this. Imagine if the son had accountability. Hey, man, I'm thinking about uh, asking dad for all that money. Dude, you know that's basically saying dad's dead. Yeah, I know, but you think I should do it? No, bro, don't do that. Common sense, right? Or ladies, you're like, man, he is fine. And then your homegirl over here, she's like, he doesn't have a job. But he has such a cool car. His mom paid for it. Common sense. Join a small group. It's not a shameless plug. I have no shame telling you this is good for you. Community is good for you. Had the son had community, we probably wouldn't have had a foolish request. We probably wouldn't have ended up in famine. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so important. See, everybody here gets hungry, right? Y'all, everybody's hungry right now. They're like, would you hurry up? The line of skinny fats is getting bigger and bigger. I eat off the fat side, just so you know. Oh, don't mess with me. This is not keto. I don't know Orange Theory. Keats praying for me. He's like, dang it. You'll get me one day. Have you ever been hangry? All the millennials are like, yes, I'm hangry right now. For everybody who doesn't know what hangry is, let me define it for you. It's when you're hungry and you're angry. And you put the two together, you get hangry. I work with my wife. Pray for me. I'm just kidding. She's going to listen to this tomorrow. She's going to be like, oh, what did you say? I work with her. We work very close to each other. Uh, We have a folding table for an office. It's a beautiful thing. This is the best season in this church ever. There's a folding table for an office. We open up the folding table. I sit down. She sits down. We look at each other. I look at her. She has her coffee. I have my coffee. Then Jeff shows up and other people show up. and We're we're all happy. It's a nice little family, right? About 1145, something happens to me. I'm hungry. Well, you should have ate breakfast. I'm not talking to you. I'm hungry. So I'll do what any good man does. We're two feet away from each other. I'm going to use messenger. But this is what I do. Hey, send. I'm send. Getting very send. Hungry. Four messages to convey. One point. Don't judge me. I talk broken. I'm sorry. You know what she does? She doesn't respond. I know. So then my hunger transitions into hangry. So I get a little bit more defiant. Yo, send. Did you get the send? Last message, send. Heart, 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 send. I'm hungry, exclamation point, send. You know what she does? She doesn't respond. So then I take matters into my own hands. And that's when I have to verbally communicate. (laughs) Babe, I'm hungry. Just laughing. He's like, this actually happens. (laughs) I'm like, babe, I'm hungry. And she always responds, well, go eat. And she's right, because at that point, I'm so far gone that I will take absolutely anything that comes my way. 
I will hop in the car. I will call Kyle. Hey, you want to go eat? No, you don't want to eat. I'm going to go eat. I'm going to go to Taco Bell. Nadia hates Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. Do not judge me. Oh, you guys are just looking at me like, oh, their meat is fake. I love it, okay? <laughs> I love it. I'm going to go to Taco Bell, value menu, uh, cheesy bean and rice burrito, make it two of them. Holler at your boy in the back. And some fire hot sauce. And if it's 2 o'clock, I'm going to get a Baja Blast freeze because it's happy hour. Don't mess with me today. Don't mess with me. And then instantly I eat those little burritos and I pay for it later, but I'm good. I'm no longer hangry. See, some of us are in a moment where we're so hungry, we're so famished that we will take anything we can possibly get our hands on. You will take fake gospel. You will take fake understanding because you are so hungry. And that's where the son is today. He is sitting there. He is famished. He is hungry. And that brings me to point number one. He has an epiphany. And that epiphany is this. If I can just go back to my father's house, if I can just go back to my father's house, point number one, you can come back. I have good news for somebody today. You can come back. There is nothing that you have done in your life that is too far for the grace of God. There is nothing you have done that can separate you from the love of God. This church door is open every Sunday. I don't care if you were at Hakkasan, Tao. I'm trying to think of all the names of nightclubs around here. I don't go. If you're at any of those day clubs, you can come to church on a Sunday. There is no shame. There is no condemnation. You can come back. There is grace for you. Your marriage is jacked up, messed up. You're busted. It's okay. This seat is for you because that is how good God is. And the son has an epiphany. He goes, well, I could just go back and be a hired servant. So I was like, what, is, what does he mean by hired servant? Well, he says, Dad, I can be an employee for you. At least the employees have food. That's how low he's because like, at least they have food. Um, last time I checked, employees, they work, and then they get something so beautiful after they're done working. That's called a paycheck. Y'all ever got a paycheck before? Ladies, look around. Is he raising his hand? Is, is he getting a paycheck? All right. There you go. Grab him after service. You get a paycheck. So this son is basically saying, I'll go work for dad. I've already wished he was dead. It's the least I can do. I'll go work for him, and I'll just get a paycheck. I've come to tell somebody today, this is not a religious box that you need to check on a Sunday. City Light Church is not a time where I'm going to show up and say, hey, let me just clock in, and then about 1.30, I'm going to clock out, and I'm going to feel really good for the rest of the week. I, you don't have to do that. It's not clock in and clock out. It's not checking just the religious box off on a Sunday just to feel good about it. No, we come here because we want the grace of God. He offers you something different in return. It's not a monetary value. It is a birthright. You are a son and you are a daughter in Christ. That is John 1. That's what he is offering you today. I get passionate about the grace of God. Play the organ. I might stop my feet or something. Point number two. No strings attached. No strings attached. Um, my 18th birthday, my parents threw me an incredible birthday party. Fire. There were hot links, barbecue sauce, really garlicky hot links, more barbecue sauce, friends, family, music, all the things I loved. At that time, my wife wasn't my wife, but she was invited to the party. She showed up casually late with her cheerleader outfit on. Yes, I married the varsity cheerleader. You're welcome. I'm having the greatest time. It's time to open gifts. They're singing happy birthday. There's every homemade cake you could possibly think of. I can't leave the fried chicken. 
It's fine. So they're singing happy birthday. It's all good. And now we go open gifts. So I come to this gift and it's a Nordstrom's box. Never seen one of those before. I'm like, what is that? It's a pretty bow. So I grab it. I open it up. And as I open it up, I go, ah! So I peeked again. I had to check one more time. I was like, for real? Have you ever gotten a gift that you were just like, I can't afford this? <laughs> I can't. Y'all, this is about circa 2009, so let me help you out here. Um, I was gifted an Ed Hardy shirt. Whoa. Everybody's like, whoa. I wore it yesterday. Whoa. Don't do that. I was gifted an Ed Hardy shirt. And in circa 2009, Ed Hardy was like the creme de la creme. If you had an Ed Hardy shirt, it was on and popping. So I looked who the gift was addressed from, and... Um, I'm going to give you guys a wild guess as to who this gift came from. This gift came from y'all's senior pastor, Pastor Jabin Chavez and Shannon Chavez. Oh, he's known them since like 20 years? Yeah, you can trust me. Don't worry. It's all good. I was like, wow. So I turned to my friend. I was like, can you believe what he just bought me? He was like, no, that's crazy, man. I'm like, like mind-blowing at the point. Wow, like... Ed Hardy shirt. And I kind of felt bad. I was like, I don't make enough money to buy an Ed Hardy shirt. I can't buy him an Ed Hardy shirt. So what am I going to get him for his birthday? Just a card? <laughs> so my friend grabbed me, who's still a great friend today, texted me this morning. And he said, man, hey, man, let me give you some, some really good advice. It's a gift. I was like, you right. You right. Then he gave me some astonishing advice. He goes, the best thing you can do is wear it. I was like... Oh, that's your boy. So when did I wear it? I wore that shirt on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and back again on Sunday. I wore that shirt every possible moment I could possibly get. I was flossing. Let me, let me tell you something. That's the grace of God. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You can't afford it. Only he can. And only he can give it to you. So the best thing you can do is say yes. I have a quote for you from a prolific author. His name is C.S. Lewis. It's so beautiful. They're going to put it up on the screens for you. It says, free will, though it makes evil possible, is the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having. Free will, though it makes evil possible, is the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having. Let me teach you for a second. This is the parable of the lost son. Previous to that, in the same teaching scenario, it's the parable of the lost coin. Previous to that, it's the parable of the lost sheep. So Jesus is teaching three parables, two before he gets to the parable of the lost son. In both accounts, the parable of the lost sheep, the sheep runs away. Jesus leaves the 99. What does he do? He goes and he gets the sheep, puts the sheep over his shoulders, and carries the sheep back home. Lost coin. What do they do? They turn everything upside down to find this precious, valuable coin. We get to parable number three. The son is recklessly abandoned and in famine, and the father stays home. Why? Because anything worth, what does the quote say? Having requires free will. So the son has to make a decision. He has to make a decision to say, I'm going to go home to my father. I'm going to humble myself. And I'm going to go home because at least if I can get home, there's something for me. I'm telling you, you have to make a decision today, a decision to follow Jesus today, a decision to give him your life today, your all, your everything today. It's free will. 
You make that choice. He makes that choice. And out of it becomes a beautiful marriage. The best thing I could have done was wear that shirt as much as I wore it. My wife sent me pictures after the Silverado message. I will not share those with you because I am bald and it's incriminating. I, y'all, I'm going to share this with you. I wore that shirt so much. I had to utilize ghetto laundry techniques because I didn't want to compromise the cotton fibers. Real talk. Y'all, y'all, you're looking at me like, what's ghetto laundry? Ghetto laundry is this. You take the shirt, you shake it three times. Then you turn around and you grab a can of Lysol and you spray that shirt with some Lysol. Oh, we're getting there. And then you shake it three more times because you think that shaking it those three times is going to get the germs off of it. Then you put it on a hanger, hang it outside, let the fresh air just kind of waft through it. That's ghetto laundry. You're welcome. I do not do ghetto laundry anymore. I am an adult. Now I just leave the laundry in the wash. And then my wife comes down and says, what are you doing? You're ruining the washing machine. I'm like, it works just fine. Again, more soap. Done. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. I'm so sorry. The band uh, can come up. The piano can come up. I'm almost done. Point number three. Point number three. Once a son, always a son. Once a son, always a son. I want you uh, to say something with me. We're going to repeat the last two points and the third one together. And that is, you can come back. No strings attached, because once a son, always a son. You can come back, no strings attached, because once a son, always a son. I want to talk about the older son here as we close, because I feel like today this message is not just for lost people. This message is for the front row, too. Many years of my life, I spent angry at God, wondering when would the time come? Is it now? Is it never? The problem with that is you find yourself in this pit because I don't believe it was just the younger son who was in the pit. I think the older son was in a pit too, a pit called religion, uh, where you can't even champion a coworker, you can't champion a friend um, because you're so caught up in everything your mind says to do, 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 do. And then you end up wanting, 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 wanting. And the son says two really alarming things to me. He says, I've been slaving for you. First of all, that was never the will of God. You're not a slave. You're a servant. You're not a slave. You're here to serve this house. And so here's the son struggling with his identity, angry. He is not hangry. He is very well fed, actually. He is not famined physically. He's famined emotionally because he feels so left out, like there's nothing left for him to do. He comes back home and can you imagine it? Can we just jump in the story for a second? You've been working in the field all day, all day, all day. You walk home and you're, you're sweaty, you're dirty. It's been a long, long, long day and all of a sudden you hear music and you're like, what is that sound? You get closer, it's louder, it's louder, it's louder. You get there, you see the servant, and you're like, dude, what's going on? The servant's like, hey man, guess what happened? Your brother came home. And immediately your heart sinks to your gut. And you're like, is this party for him? What about me? And he goes, your dad, he killed the fattened calf. And he's like, he stole my ribeyes too? What's going on here? This makes no sense. And then he gets angry and the father's like, come inside, come inside, come inside. He's like, no, 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 I'm not going in there. I refuse to go in there. I feel God saying some of us are there today 
dare you want to walk in here because you felt like God owed you something. And here comes the son. It's the saddest portion of scripture I think you could ever read. The son never goes into the house. He stays on the outside. No heart change. This is God's grace for this son right here. Let's go to verse 11 and 12. Can you throw up verse 11 and 12? We're gonna read this and it's gonna change people's life. I'll give him a minute because I know that's going all the way back. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had how many sons? How many sons? A man had two sons. Next scripture. Oh, this is powerful. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So what does the father do? He agreed to divide his wealth between who? The sons. Not the son, the sons. Dare I say today, never ever forget the provision that God has already given you. Never ever forget it. Never ever forget it. Here's the even crazier part. Here's the crazier part. This son is so lost in his own mindset that he can't even recollect originally what happened in verses 11 and 12. The beauty of this whole story is grace shown out of mistakes. Some of you think that God has not already calculated the things that you've messed up. This son messes up and yet both the sons still end up blessed. The story still ends up with blessing because the younger son got one third. Culturally, he would have got one third. The older son would have got two thirds. So I have a problem when the older son says, I've been slaving away from you because that was never the intention in the first place. And he has, you haven't even given me one goat to eat with my friends. Homie, you had a thousand goats, thousands of goats. My riches are your riches. And he says at the end of the scriptures, son, everything I have is yours. You cannot serve your way into salvation. Like I said, it's for the front row and it's for the back row. Oh, but I serve four services every single weekend. Congratulations. That does not win you anything. There's no gold star or good merit. The grace of God is undeserved, unappointed, and it is for you. It is for you. You can hold a sign at the door. You can greet people as they come in. You can host, run media, sing worship songs. None of that is going to save you. The only thing that saves you is recognizing that he already paid the price. Why? Because you can come back. No strings attached. Because once a son, always a son. Once a daughter, always a daughter. You can come back. No strings attached. Because once a son, always a son. And once a daughter, always a daughter. It is your birthright that he paid for you on the cross over 2,000 years ago. Come on, I wish somebody would give God praise. I wish somebody would give God praise for his grace and his mercy that has covered a multitude of sins. He separates them as far as the east is from the west. And he says, you can come home today. There's grace for you today. There's salvation for you today. Hallelujah.